Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Carving Curve. I'm your host, Naeem Merchant, and this is a podcast about the collective action approach needed to remove billions of tons of carbon dioxide from the atmosphere and fend off the worst effects of climate change. Over the past two years, the carbon removal or CDR sector has flourished. According to a Climate Tech BC report, carbon removal, carbon utilization, and CCS companies, as well as carbon marketplaces, raised a combined $1.5 billion in the first half of this year. That's an eight-fold increase over the same period last year, with much of that growth happening in the carbon removal space in particular. Which led me to ask, with the carbon removal industry beginning to take shape, when does it make sense for this plethora of startups to join forces, learn from one another, and secure the policy wins necessary to thrive as an industry? And how do you find common interests across companies with different technologies, geographies, and business models? Well, a few weeks ago, the Carbon Business Council officially launched with 40 member organizations in tow, representing every facet of the carbon management space. I thought I'd ask their new executive director about their theory of change, especially given their technology neutral approach, and how they're gonna find a shared set of priorities in this nascent and disparate industry to help get to gigaton scale carbon removal. If you like what you hear today, please subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast app or subscribe to my newsletter at carboncurve.substack.com. I hope you enjoy the show. Today, my guest is Ben Rubin. Ben is the co-founder and executive director of the Carbon Business Council, working with a coalition of carbon management innovators to responsibly restore the climate. Ben has led climate initiatives and campaigns for startups, accelerators, governments, and nonprofits. He's a research fellow with the Institute for Carbon Removal Law and Policy at American University and a domain expert with the Carbon 13 Climate Tech Venture Builder. Ben, welcome to the show. I'm glad to have you on. Thanks so much for having me on, Ryan. It's good to be here. What led you to, you know, as co-founder of this initiative, start the Carbon Business Council? What gap in the market did you see? So the Carbon Business Council is a nonprofit trade association of innovators unified to restore the climate, like you said. And we saw a gap in the market that startups who are working across different management, so carbon management solutions did not have a central forum to come together. Uh, we also saw a gap that startups, uh, many startups did not have a seat at the policy table. Uh, and we think entrepreneurs are so critical to bending the technology cost curve in carbon management that that it's a it's an important seat for them to have. And so really we we felt like it was a, a natural fit to bring innovators together, to bring startups together and form the Carbon Business Council so that the carbon removal startup ecosystem could have a stronger voice. And how would you say you all are different from, you know, let's say a Carbon 180 or a direct air capture coalition? Organizations like Carbon 180 and the DAC Coalition are doing such important work in carbon removal. And we certainly appreciate the work that they're doing we see ourselves as complementary to the efforts. Uh, we're distinct because we're a member-driven trade association and, and we're technology neutral. We're pleased to have the Direct Air Capture Coalition join us as an observer. And we are also an observer to the Direct Air Capture Coalition and in recognition of their important work. But again, our distinctions is that we're a member-driven nonprofit trade association and we're technology neutral working across technologies that includes uh, solutions like Direct Air Capture as well as ocean-based CDR, nature-based solutions, utilization, marketplaces, and more. What do you kind of see as your organization's theory of change? What, what change are you trying to implement in the system? Our theory of change is that by giving startups a seat at the policy table, we 
think that will position carbon removal to scale faster and to bend the technology cost curve so that we can reach gigaton scale carbon removal and, and management. For us, that's also largely driven by uh, a vision and a belief that a rising ship can raise all tides. We, we think that multiple solutions coming from multiple innovators will be required to scale carbon removal. And so it's been exciting to see so many different startups working across so many different solutions coming together with, with this belief that by working together, we can help bend that technology cost curve and, and reach gigaton scale removal in a, uh, in a sustained, growing and responsible way. Yeah. And, and just kind of a point of clarification, you're using, you know, carbon management to refer to the collection of, of member organizations as part of the Carbon Business Council. Does that include, you know, traditional kind of point source carbon capture? Is it just carbon removal? It sounds like there's utilization in there, but just help me understand a bit more about the different kind of industries that are represented uh, by your members and then what kind of brings them together in one common theme as part of the Carbon Business Council. So we were excited to launch with more than 40 companies uh, continuing to grow with additional members being added on. And the companies represent a range of different carbon management and removal solutions. There are different stages of growth. For us, the what, what that encompasses in our membership is companies that are working to remove carbon in a, in a range of different ways. And so that includes everything from technological to nature-based to ocean-based solutions or, or crossovers between those different approaches. It does also include utilization and it includes marketplaces. And so that, that gives a sense of the different companies who are unifying together to reach gigaton scale removal, uh, to, to expand a little bit more on the startups and, and give a flavor of who they are. Uh, we are excited to see that founding members have received multiple awards and accolades. We have members that have won the carbon removal X prize challenge. Some of our founding members have secured corporations like Stripe, Microsoft, and Shopify as customers to support, uh, as, as these companies work on their net zero and net negative pledges, they are supporting startups and purchasing carbon removal from them. The companies have been in leading accelerator programs like Y Combinator. And so just uh, a, a lot of high caliber folks coming together from across geographies, really with this, this unified belief that we need to responsibly scale up the carbon removal industry and that by working together, we can get there faster. Yeah, and I want to dig into that a bit more. Um, you've mentioned this kind of technology neutral approach. You know, given the significant heterogeneity in the carbon management field, you know, you're talking about everything from direct air capture to ocean carbon removal to you know, brokers and, and other kind of stakeholders. What made you decide on this technology neutral approach? Don't they have very different needs and what kind of common ground are you hoping to leverage across your membership? So we're a member driven organization and the tech neutral approach, it, it comes from our members early in the formation of the carbon business council. We interviewed dozens of executives of carbon management startups, asking them what they'd want to see most in a trade association. And across the board, every single person we spoke with, whether they were working on nature-based solutions, engineered solutions, uh, ocean-based, everybody thought that it would be important for the Carbon Business Council to be technology neutral. There was a general feeling among early stage companies and innovators in the space that it's just too soon to pick winners and losers and that it will take multiple solutions coming from multiple people to reach gigaton scale. And so it's obviously significant and important for us to see that as a unifying principle among our membership. Uh, we do think recognizing that there are 
different approaches and, and theories for how to best scale up and reach gigaton scale removal, uh, that, that there is continues to be a lot of common ground. Um, collectively, what will it take to scale up and where are those points of commonality? That will be an ongoing important question for us to answer and address. There is a point of connection that we do think innovators and startups are uniquely positioned to lead the way. And so what type of policy environment will be most ripe and receptive for these innovators to really thrive and grow is, is an important question for us to answer and address. And another point of unification among everyone that we're working with right now in our founding membership is the, uh, a policy we have around and enshrining the importance of responsible growth. And, and that's captured in our ethical oath to restore the earth, which we can come to, and, and I can expand on that a little bit later in, in the interview, but just, uh, that's another unifying principle that's helped bring people together. Yeah. I think that's really important to find that, you know, that common ground, it's great to hear that that's come from members up as opposed to something that's been kind of top down. And I think you're absolutely right. I think there's a need for an approach that doesn't really try to pick winners at this really early stage of this industry. So that that's really cool. I spent some time, you know, on your, on your website and doing some research on the carbon business council and uh, checking out your press release. And I, I kind of noticed that you're, you're advocating for, and, and seem to have endorsed, uh, the crest act and the crest act is the carbon removal and emission storage technology act uh, that was introduced by Senator Collins of Maine and Maria Cantwell of Washington state that would essentially direct the department of energy and interior to establish new research programs evaluate the feasibility of carbon removal and storage pathways, quantify the impact of carbon removal solutions, and establish an innovative, you know, reverse auction purchasing program to accelerate carbon removal market commercialization. Can you tell us more about the CREST Act and why did you advocate for the CREST Act, but not a similar legislation that was introduced, the Carbon Dioxide Removal Leadership Act? What was the thinking behind that? We are... Excited to see the Crest Act introduced. I do think is is noted with who introduced the legislation. It's exciting that the Crest Act is bipartisan. That you we do have a bipartisan climate solution with this legislation being quoted. That climate solutions can be uh, possible uh, across political parties. The Carbon Business Council itself is a bipartisan uh, nonprofit organization. We are excited, as you mentioned, with that with that research funding opportunity. So that the Crest Act does take a, a more tech neutral approach to carbon removal and management, which is also aligned with the Carbon Business Council, to call for federal funding of multiple forms of carbon removal aligns with this idea that, that it's too soon to pick winners and losers and that uh, ocean-based carbon removal and multiple types of carbon removal will benefit from uh, research support and R&D budgets that the federal government can provide. And so that's a little bit more about why you know we are excited to see the, the, the CREST Act introduced and moving forward. I'm also certainly excited and, and recognize the the important pathways that the uh, CDRLA legislation offers that you also mentioned. Um, we're tracking both conversations. We we want to see how each effort progresses. Uh, the bipartisan policy center has put together a great graphic blog post highlighting the the some differences between the two and how similar they are. Uh, but but ultimately, you know, where where it's it to see this uptick in federal attention to carbon removal, it's it's exciting to see since the the industry. Uh, so benefits from uh, government support coalescing around reaching and scaling this this uh, it, as we get to gigaton scale removal. I recently wrote uh, a blog post myself covering this idea of government procurement of, of carbon dioxide removal. And 
I think it could be really impactful. It was interesting to see what both of these different bills have to offer. Can I, can I ask a question about just your status as an organization? It occurs to me that you're kind of advocating for and endorsing certain policies. Is the Carbon Business Council an industry lobbying group or a, a traditional kind of 501c3 nonprofit? Uh, how are you kind of approaching that aspect of, of your work? Yeah, great question and, and happy to give additional clarity there. The Carbon Business Council is a nonprofit organization. We're incorporated as a 501c6, which is a, a typical nonprofit status of many trade organizations that, that come together. 501c6 organizations can lobby, recognizing that a lot of the Carbon Business Council's activity, uh, networking, uh, some a lot of other elements of our programming are, are just squarely in, in the more traditional nonprofit realm. We do also operate and, and have a 501c3 arm. And so we're a nonprofit across the board, track our time carefully and and operate as both a 501c3 for our non-lobbying activity and have that 501c6 for, for any legislative engagement. That's, that's really useful to know. That's great. And so just to kind of follow up, the thinking around kind of endorsing something like the Crest Act over something like the CDRLA, you know, it looks like you're monitoring both bills, but, you know, the approach around the Crest Act seems to be kind of wider in scope and, and also is, is kind of a bipartisan piece of proposed legislation. Is that right? Yeah, those I, th I think are certainly two pluses of the Crest Act. I think ultimately we plan to, like you said, actively engage in both conversations, ultimately excited to see both going forward. And we've been gone full, full trial, getting ready for the launch in over the last few weeks. And now that the Carbon Business Council has publicly launched in the world, we think it will give us more opportunity to engage with important legislative efforts happening that includes the Crest Act, the CDRLA, the Remove Act. There, there's a, a host of activities and, and we look forward to bringing startups to the policy table to engage in these important legislative conversations. Yeah, that's great. The carbon removal sector has an ally in the Carbon Business Council that kind of move these pieces forward. There's an exciting amount of kind of legislation being introduced out there that I think is is potentially really impactful for the carbon removal space. Though I'll note that it's kind of really focused on policy and legislation in the United States, just given the diversity of the geographies that are represented through your membership, how do you plan to address policy wins for your members outside of the U.S.? A good question. And, and likewise, I'm also excited to see a lot of the exciting policy developments happening in, in the U.S. space. Many of our services for members, you know, networking that that stretches across geography and and can be across boundaries. Uh, more than thirty percent of our companies are headquartered internationally, uh, but they are interested in understanding what is happening in the U.S. because they see it as a as a ripe spot to expand operations or open up headquarters if they're not already here, if they don't have a U.S. footprint, and/or some of them have active plans to to be opening up shop in the U.S. And so. Uh, a win in the U.S. is a win for these companies who might be headquartered elsewhere. And I, I think it's a, it's a testament to the U.S. creating this type of policy environment right now with both government leadership in the space and corporate leadership in the space that so many startups are recognizing the, the benefits of engaging in and, and participating in, in the U.S. market. And so we've been excited to see so many startups headquartered abroad recognizing that and, and wanting to be more engaged with what is taking place in the U.S. Yeah, it's definitely the most kind of dynamic, you know, ecosystem right now in, in carbon removal, and that's really exciting to see. 
Uh, you, you mentioned this a bit earlier, and I'd love to get into it a little bit more, but why don't you tell us a bit more about the Oath to Restore the Earth? So the Oath to Restore the Earth is inspired by the ethical oaths that doctors and lawyers have a, a long history of signing. Uh, we think it's important for the carbon management industry to be guided by an ethical oath in the same way that the medical and legal professions are. Uh, the Oath to Restore the Earth affirms that removal should work in tandem with mitigation and includes other tenants that we think helps ensure and enshrine principles around responsible growth. We're pleased to have collected more than 50 signatures on the Oath to Restore the Earth. Uh, coming from founding member companies, coming from additional stakeholders within the carbon management ecosystem. And we, we plan to continue growing the ethical oath, collecting more signatures on it and, and getting this, this affirmation that as the carbon removal grows economically, we think the ethical oath sets a, an important uh, trailblazer to also ensure that the industry grows responsibly and uh, yeah, have, have had a lot of positive momentum there so far and, and look forward to seeing where that's going to continue to grow to. And so do all of your members have to sign on with this oath to restore the earth is that kind of a precondition to being a member of the carbon business council yeah we've been excited to see so many members backing and, and supporting the ethical oath um where we're at with 42 member companies and 50 signatures I, I think it shows you know that there's even been some representation from some companies who have wanted to you know multiple staff from a company will will sign the oath and yeah it's it's certainly you know we we request and encourage our members to sign it and talk with them about the oath and, and what we're doing around responsible growth and, and the value we see in it when, when folks are coming on board. We're also pleased to open up the oath to other folks in the carbon management industry that also want to sign on to be guided by these principles of, of how we can help to take this oath, this oath to help restore the earth. And so have, have been you know excited to have it out in the world and inviting additional folks to sign on to it as well. That's great. And Finally, how can companies, organizations, and individuals get involved with the Carbon Business Council? So any interested organizations are welcome to go to our website, carbonbusinesscouncil.org, to learn more about the work we're doing. And, and once you're there, you know, there's a number of ways that folks can stay up to date with what we're putting out into the world. We have a bi-weekly newsletter that highlights what startups are accomplishing in the carbon removal space, rounds up carbon management news. Uh, we're posting regular updates on Twitter and LinkedIn. So Anyone who goes to carbonbusinesscouncil.org will, will be able to find links for that. And certainly uh, we are continuing to build out our membership. And if there are startups working in carbon management who want to come together with their peers in the space to, you know, who, who subscribe to this belief that a rising tide can raise all ships and, and think about what dot connecting between efforts can look like, we're certainly interested in continuing to hear from companies, interested in hearing from organizations who are thinking about carbon management and yeah, just continuing to collaborate across the ecosystem as we all work towards gigaton scale removal. That's great. Ben, thank you so much and congrats on the recent launch and wish you and the rest of the Carbon Business Council team all the best. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me on the show. It was great to be here.